Welcome back, talkers, to the I'm Just Talking podcast with me, your host, Cello. It is episode 24, folks. 25 was like a distant memory about two months ago. That's a lie. Four months ago. And uh, here I am. And I just keep talking. And most of you keep listening. My last episode about why I run didn't get no pun intended run. Um, one of the things I've actually done, and I and I never set out to do this, is I've talked about certain, um, you know, holidays that have come up um, in the course of the months that I've been recording. Um, I'm not going to talk about this because I'm not an expert, but June Juneteenth just got signed into law, so happy Juneteenth to anybody out there listening and. Uh, I think it's a great thing that uh, America is recognizing such a historic event as the last no, the last slaves being told that they were free um, in Texas, I believe. Um, so again, um, not something I know enough about to talk about, but just one of those things um, that I I tend to do. So it is currently Saturday, June nineteenth, two thousand twenty-one. This episode will air, will air, will go live, I should say, on June 21st, 2021, the day after Father's Day. Um, And this one's going to be a tough one. And the reason why it's going to be tough is because the web version, I only got 30 minutes. And uh, there is a handful like more than, more than like, it's probably 10 guys, 10 men that, I, I mean, I could shout out a bunch of guys that I know are great fathers. Um, you know, local, locally, I got my boy, Chris Watkins. He's got three kids. He's got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm technically the godfather of his, of, uh, his firstborn son. Um, and with the pandemic and, you know, now working, I've done a terrible job of, of being in that kid's life. He's an excellent father. He's a dedicated father. Uh, we work together. I've watched this guy grow. Um, he's just an awesome all around man. Uh, we got like Marty Bush. I call him Brian, but anyway, he, he's always posting about his kids takes care of his younger brother, who I'm sure he thinks of as a son and his, and his son, you know, getting those kids out there and being active. My boy Dwight out in New Mexico. There's just, he's always doing something with his kid. We got cousin Tony always doing stuff with Liara. Like, you know, there's just so many people, my boy Eric out in Florida, like this guy like drove cross all over the country uh, on something to do with the pipelines or something to, to help his kids get through college. Both of his kids are successful. You know, there's, you know, there's so many people, so many guys that, that I've come across that I just think are excellent fathers. Um, I have three brothers of my own that are all dads. I have 
three brothers, the brother-in-laws, but I mean, easiest way to put it for you guys. They're all fathers. One of them is a new father. You know, I got my, my son-in-law. Um, and I'm going to try to touch on, on those guys. Um, my best friend, Jay, um, of course, um, my, you know, my dad, um, and then my, my ex-father-in-law, um, so I'm going to try to just get right to it. Cause this is going to be a long, long, tough one. Um, not really in any particular order, kind of like I did with my mom. I tried to leave some of the, uh, the more emotional ones are the ones I think are going to draw up the most kind of memories and stuff until last. Um, I'm going to start with my boy, Jay. Jay's my best friend and from high school. We, a lot of firsts together and I got to meet his son, Chris. Um, the word dad and the word father are probably not the same. Um, he, I don't know how to say this, but his, his son, Chris, um, is his son. I mean, he's raised this kid. He's nurtured this kid. Um, this kid calls him dad. I'm sure. Actually, I know because when Jay had brain surgery, he was there. Um, he's a good kid. Him, you know, him and him and the mom, Jay and the mom, I'm sorry, aren't together anymore. And this kid is, is a part of his life. Why this is significant is because Jay is technically not his, his dad, not his, not his bio dad, as they say out here in California. But I think it's, it's very special in that regard that Jay's always been a big hearted guy. Like he's kind of, he's, he's kind of a big burly Hawaiian kid and he could be kind of intimidating. He, he sometimes has a scowl on his face and stuff, but one of the biggest hearts of any person I know, um, which actually is going to lead me to someone I forgot to mention, but we'll get there in, in, in a couple minutes. But so, you know, he took this kid, this kid was young, young. I want to say he was very young. I don't remember the specifics, but, and he raised him and the kids got his last name. And it's, it's just one of those things where you probably fall in love with the kid first. And then, and you don't know this at the time. And I'm guessing by the way, cause I don't have this dynamic, but this is some, just something I've heard. And there's no sense in labeling it different than this is my son. This is my father. And, you know, and I think part of the reason why Jay decided to turn his life around and not to sound negative because Jay wasn't a loser or nothing. He just, he decided he wanted to pursue his passion and he did it. And, and I'm, and I'm pretty, pretty positive that he did it because, you know, he had this kid to take care of and this kid looks up to him and he wanted to be somebody. And now, you know, he kind of, sort of fathers other kids that are in bad situations through his job, you know, th that he does out there in New Mexico. And he is really like 
a father figure to probably so many right now. And that's just the kind of loving person that he is. Um, and it's no wonder that he met somebody, fell in love with the kid, fell in love with the girl. Um, and even though that that didn't last, he would never, and I, and I literally mean never, like there's nothing this kid can do for Jay to turn his back on this kid. And, uh, the kid, he's a good kid. And I think that's a credit to Jay being the, the man in his life, the father in his life. Um, and I mean, I really can't say enough about how when you're not the bio dad and you take that responsibility, how much more special it probably is. And, and I don't know the dynamic that Chris has with his real dad, but, or his, his bio dad, because I think the real dad is, is subjective. The real dad is the one that's in his life, like Jay, the one that's been mentoring him, the one that gives him, you know, consoling when he needs it or gives him tough love when he needs it. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, little boys need. And the guy, the person that gives them that is their real father. So, Jay, kudos to you, man. I know you love that boy. I know he loves you. He's a man now. Um, and it took a special person of you to, to get there and do that. Um, that brings me to, and I can't believe I didn't mention him up front, but that brings me to his pop, um, who I call pop. Um, James, um, Jimmy, um, if you listen to my mother's day or my, my, uh, women's day, you know, that mama Willie took care of me. She nurtured me. She, they, they gave me that safe haven when, when things at my house were weird. And I don't know if I've ever said this, but but Pop, I've always looked up to him. And and for a couple different reasons. A, he he just had an aura of the man about him. Like he didn't speak too much, but when he spoke it was important. Um when he decided to laugh, you were you were happy, you know, you were like, wow, like he cracked a smile. But he was also pretty short. Like he's tall he's he's taller than me because like everybody but Oompa Loompas are taller than me, but he he made me believe that shorter men could have a stature, that they could have sort of an unspoken respect. And he just indirective directly influenced me in that regard. And when Jay had brain surgery was the first time that I felt like he was a vulnerable man. And I could, I knew that, you know, it was, it was tough for him. He didn't say a bunch still, but you could just tell. And to me that just showed like, I mean, he's, and he's a big guy too. Like he's short, but he's real, he's like ripped and he's always been like, you know, kind of muscular and like a manly man, even though he was, you know, I, I don't know what's he like five six, maybe five five seven. I don't even know, but and he also allowed me to come to the house, eat their food. You know, my moped would fall over in the driveway, and the and the then the landlord would get mad at them. And he never once made me feel like I was an, an idiot because I probably was. And 
you know, he was kind of that old school man that you knew, you knew he loved you. He knew you cared. You cared. He cared. You oh, I can't even say it. He cared about you. And, and I've seen him a couple of times since I was an adult and it, and it was just great. And I love you, pop. And I thank you for everything. Um, and I uh, hope to see you soon as well with Jay. Um, Jesus. I, I will talk a little bit about Eric, who I mentioned too. Me and Eric have talked a lot more in probably the last six months than we've talked. Uh, but Eric always keeps up on me. I always know what's going on with him. And I don't like, I, I won't put their per personal business street, but, but he's more, he's essentially a single dad and shit. And like I said, like he called me beaming, like his daughter made it to like these different, um, he, his daughter got like different scholarships and she had different, you know, things in school, different. I forget the whole thing because we were both drinking, but, but she did well in high school. So she has some different options for college and he was so happy and his, his son, you know, has graduated college and his kids are doing good. And for a guy that just sacrificed a ton and, you know, drove literally across the country to, to, to make ends meet for them all while having, you know, something else going on in life. Like, you know, that's what dads are about. His dad actually, Captain Moore, um, is a great man in his own right. So I'm not surprised that Eric is a great father. Captain Moore is a, is a great father. Um, one of the things that I appreciate about Captain Moore, not to get off on a tangent, is he he helped us with some family counseling and it, it was awesome. And then, of course, I was friends with his son and it he never brought that up when I came over. He always checked in on me. I felt like he knew that I needed that check-in and to his credit, he didn't share with his family or his son that, you know, he'd helped counsel us. So um, it's no wonder Eric is a great dad. It's no wonder that, you know, he's a influential person. Uh, and, and things that he do are just about his children. Um, I mean, there's, there's like so many guys like I could talk about my cousin had a kid later in life and I'm sure he's a dedicated father The the baby looks adorable. My, my other cousin, you know, had another baby, my two of my cousins, my cousin Carmelo, my cousin Anthony, those guys had babies sort of later in life. And, um, I'm sure they're loving life with their, with their newborns. Uh, well, they're not newborns. They're a couple, they're both a couple years old at this point. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're just over the moon. Right. But, you know, guys that I, I see interact with their kids. Um, so I meant like my girlfriend has three brothers, Brian, Carlos, and Jose. We'll start with, with Brian. Brian is a dedicated dad, works six days a week. Um, the, his daughter goes, you know, does, a lot, like a bunch of different extracurriculars. And I know that whatever he does is basically dedicated for her, you know, what he's doing, you know, how he's spending, you know, he, he spends his time with her. Um, she's a talented young lady. So, and I spent a lot of time with Brian as a young teenager. So it's good to watch him grow and be a dad and stuff like that. I think mean, that's awesome. 
Um, I'll, I'll cut it off. I'll cut that in, into Cousin Tony. Cousin Tony is Christina's cousin. And I've seen him a little bit more recently uh, with his daughter, Liara, and like Snapchat and stuff. And they do a really good job of like entertaining her, keeping her busy, keeping her like with activities and stuff. And that kid's got a ton of energy. So I know, you know, Tony, good job, my man. Like, not for nothing, as you would say. Um, I know Desi, too, has been that you guys do a great job with her, keeping her busy and keeping that energy up. So, you know, that that kid's going to be a good kid. So, you know, good job, Tony. I love you. Um, We're going to go to, and not really in any particular order, but we'll talk about Carlos. And the reason we'll talk about Carlos is, this is tech. I think this is his second Father's Day, and and little Camden, it like the little boy just looks at me and he smiles, and and I see a little bit of Carlos in him, uh, and Carlos is just like he wasn't the one that we thought, you know. He again later in life kind of cat, and I can just tell like when he looks at the baby, like his life is like complete, you know what I mean, and and little Camden has that. I don't know. He's got that little Carlos probably doesn't know it, but he has this little smile that he does every once like not like a smile, but it's kind of like a grin. Like if we're talking and you're trying to compliment him, he's kind of like the bashful and and the baby sort of has that too. And um, we were just so happy when he became a dad and stuff and he joined the club. It was good. It was great, great, great times. And I just love seeing them together. So Los, you're doing good, man. I know you're doing, you're doing right by the baby. You're doing what you can. Um, you know, his, the stuff you made for his bedroom is awesome. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, doing good, man, doing good. Jose, my man, Jose, like the other the third of the brother there, like he's got, he's got three kids, helped raise two others. Um, that's yeah. He's got three kids, helped raise two others. And, uh, and he's got one that's that's young, and he feels like, you know, he's, again, another later-in-life baby, and he's got to keep up. But, hey, man, that little girl's energy is keeping you young, my man. Um, you're, you're doing good with her. Um, be, you know, you're kind of fortunate that the mistakes, your perceived mistakes you may have made with the other, you know, with the other ones, like, you, you get you got that late chance in life. And, you know, again, you guys are keeping her in activities. You know, you think you're, you know, you're fostering some of her passions. You know, you're, she's, she's just freaking adorable. And, um, you know, I think that, I think you're going to do fine. It doesn't matter, you know, when you, you know, later in life, new in life, it happened, you know, it's supposed to be. And uh, I, I just love watching you guys together. I love how you know, she comes and, you know, kind of snuggles with you where she, you know, recently, you know, her birthday, she was freezing cold and she wanted daddy to try to help her keep her warm. And, you know, she, like you said, man, cherish those moments there before you know it, they're, they're gone. So, um, you know, he's really good with, he's really good to Zoe. You know, he, he gives uh, Austin good advice, you know, Connor, the, the, seems to love you to death. I haven't seen Mason very long, but you know, you did, you know, you coached him, you know, you had that responsibility. So in my mind, you really got like five kids. So good job, my brother. And, uh, 
you know, keep up the good work. Um, I'm going to have to cut it off here soon and do a second segment, but my brothers in no particular order, really, because this is, this is tough because I can go on about all of the great things that they do. My oldest brother was the first one to have a kid rightfully so because he's he's significantly older than the rest of us. And again, he did everything he could do for that, for that kid, for that child. Um, you know, hustled, hustled hard to help the kid get through a couple of years of college at Berkeley. Um, I, I remember him, you know, him coming out here to help her move and stuff. And, and he lives in New York and she came out to Berkeley and he did what he, you know, he, he came out to see her, you know, for, you know, some times and stuff like that. I don't know a bunch about, you know, their overall relationship, but he's a little bit more of that no nonsense kind of, you know, like I've said before when I talked about this, but I forget why I talked about the guys in my life, but he's got that, he's got a little bit of like no BS swagger. So I'm pretty sure he, he was able to kind of muddle that into like, you know, how to help mold and, and, um, raise, raise a little girl. And, uh, by all accounts, she's as smart as him because he's a real smart guy. And, uh, you know, he's also another where he's got a child that he's helping raise and, uh, appears like he gets along good with her. Um, I feel like those situations, you know, are, you know, what make, what make men, men handling responsibility and, and doing what you need to do to get, to get to the end result. So big bro, I love you. I look up to you. Um, on another note, you know, outside of the, the fatherhood portion of it, I've always looked up to him. He's always been sort of the standard. Um, he, he can draw really good. And I tried to draw, he's a really good student. And I tried to be, and I was terrible at being a good student. Um, you know, anything he was kind of into, I wanted to be into. Um, so really good example of a big brother. Like, of course we pulled, she pulled shenanigans on me and shit like that. But, um, watching him and kind of go through and decide what he wanted to do kind of early in life. And, you know, he, he was, he's a veteran first responder, you know, you know, things like that. Um, I'm very proud. I'm very proud that he's my brother. I'm very proud that, you know, he, he's somebody I could look up to. And, uh, and I guess give me some sort of hope that like, I would be a good person and a good man one day because he was kind of a good, not kind of, he was a good example of, of how to be. Like he didn't get in any trouble. He takes care of his responsibility. When times were tough, he, he made it through. So good job, Ant. Um, I look up to you, man, and I love you. I hope to see you soon. Um, my youngest brother, we call him Tutu. His real name is Carlo. Uh, any of my Aviano peeps, you guys know who this guy is. He's this guy, and we all work hard in our own right, but this guy works 
New York Fire Department paramedic does CPR on the side for on his own for other companies, and he just never not works. He's always had a certain a certain connection to kids, even when he was a kid, and um, you know he wanted to be a doctor at one time in life, became a paramedic, takes care of people, then goes home, takes care of his kids. Um, I most recently saw him, um, with his kids and they all absolutely seem to adore him. They, they just constantly talk his ear off. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Uh, the two boys, he's got two girls and two boys and the two boys, uh, especially one Mason is like stuck to him, like does not want to like leave his side. Um, his dad's like his best friend and it doesn't appear that my brother ever runs out of gas and he's always, always doing anything he possibly can to, to, you know, hang out with them, to, you know, give them whatever it is that, that they need. Um, selfless is probably the best word that comes to mind when I think of him because he is, that's just what he is. He's always been that way. Um, he's going to tire himself out one day, but in his mind, I'm sure it's worth it. In my mind, it's worth it too. And, uh, you know, he's good, man. He's, he's just a good person and he's a good man. He's a good husband. He's a great father. And, uh, you know, these days are for guys like him. Um, love you too. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work, my man. And, um, Wow, I I can't even imagine like when those boys are like grown ass men, like you know the girls are moving right along. Before you know it, don't blink, all of them are gonna be grown. Um, my next brother, my brother Robbie, uh, basketball lover, which is relevant to the to the the back end of this. Um, by the way, I look up to two 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 for his hard work his dedication to his family, um, the ease in which everything comes to him. And I wish I had that sort of ease um, in life. But Robbie, I've always looked up to because Robbie's more of the cooler customer, more analytical guy, extremely smart. Um, very, very, I don't want to say stubborn because I don't mean it. I mean it like in the sense of he knows what he wants. He knows what he's he's going for. And he's chased every dream pretty much that he's ever had. Um, made it into the NBA, you know, in, in the production side. Um, had some pretty cool moments there, I'm sure. Um, and, and, you know, a guy that I could look up to in that regard. Um, he's often the great, the sounding board for me. Like, I get the best advice, I think, from him. I talk to all of my brothers, but I think I get the best advice from him. And I think that he's the one that's, probably a little bit more real and rationale with it. Like, you know, I get a little bit something different from him than I get from the others, but he's a girl dad. And I don't mean, but in a bad way, but from the dad standpoint, as I try to transition and do it terribly, he's a girl dad. Um, and he's got two girls. He coaches girls basketball and he's pretty successful at it by the way. And, uh, those girls love him. Like, 
like I don't know. I thought I think my daughter loves me, but they those two girls absolutely adore him. Um, he's got one daughter that's really, and I won't say their names because they're a little bit more protective on that. But he's got one daughter that's, you know, really kind of a nurturing, quiet kid. You know, probably the. I feel like she's a little quick witted, but she's also like quiet. Like she knows she she she's smart. She's very very smart. Um, and and then him and then he's got her. You know, Brooke too, his wife. They they have them in activities. Um, dance and, you know, things like that. And I think that, you know, when you do those things with your kids, like it helps them, it helps them in life. Ultimately, it helps them be good, productive member of society where they can go to a job later in life. And they're not, you know, fish out of water where they don't really know how to interact with people. Um, he's obviously a molder, a coacher, a teacher, because he really is a teacher now, but um, in those sorts of things. So I, I'm sure that some of that rubs off. I think he's just started coaching girls those age. Um, he's, you know, the, the little girl, um, is really, she's the hyper one. She's the jokester and she's the one that probably drives them both to be exhausted at the end of the night, but I guarantee he'd have it no other way. And, uh, I'm sure he's loving every minute of it. Guys, um, this is going to be a weird interjection in between the two segments. Um, I was talking about my brother, Robbie. The time came up, so I made I had to start a new segment. But as I'm sitting here listening and to the playback, I, I can't believe I forgot this, but there's another man in my life um, whom I just I, I have to give a shout-out to. And... Um, that's uh, my boy Zay. He is the father of my first grandchild, my little prince. And I just, like publicly, lack of a better term, just want to thank him for what appears to be uh, uh, good to my daughter. Um, he works his ass off. He, he seems to be a great father. The boy seems like the happiest little boy in the world. Um, I know he's in good hands. And, um, I, I just wanted to throw, you know, this one minute, two minutes in there. Um, it's going to be right at the end of the first segment in between the second segment. So I'll, I'll talk, go back to talking about my brother, Robbie. I don't want to steal Robbie's thunder, but I don't know how I'm going to add this into, into the, into without doing this. So I just want to say thanks, Zay. Thanks for being good to them. Um, you're doing great as a first timer and, uh, yeah. Good job, man. Love you. Yeah, so like he's gotta like be having at the time of his life in a sense. Like he, they just got their first family dog, and I'm pretty sure the reason they got the family dog is because the girls wanted a dog. You know what I mean? Like Robbie has like this great little like. I don't want to say utopia because I don't live in the house, but like, you know, he's got these two great little girls that just seem to be the life of the party. One is kind of the quiet life of the party, good one-liners and stuff. And then the other one is just, you know, 100 miles an hour, big smile, always, you know, always, always on kind of a thing. And 
he's very busy too. You know, he co he he works, he coaches. Um and I'm and I know that because he's he's pretty successful with the with the, the high school girls, that I'm I I know that I get the sneaking suspicion anyway that he can't wait for like Layla to be oh, I said her name. Uh he can't wait for her to be old enough to be, you know, to where he could coach her. I'm I'm pretty sure. Maybe he takes a hiatus or something and comes back. I don't know, but you know, he's he's entrenched, man, as a girl dad, and he's one of those guys that has a girl, and I don't think it makes one bit of difference to him. And he he's just a girl dad, and he plays basketball with them, and I'm sure he does, you know, any other activity with them that he would do if he had a son. So, number one girl dad, right there. Love you, Robs made the boo-boo and said the name, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, man, I really feel like it's, it's tough for me to talk about these guys as dads because a, I'm not their kid. Um, and B it's funny because like, they're my little brothers and they're men and they have babe, they have their own babies. And sometimes I'd, I forget that, you know, and, uh, I'm just glad, man. They're, they're great dads. Um, all three of them and everybody here that I've talked to uh, great dads, you know, and it's a tough, sometimes it's tough being a dad. Um, before I, I segue into probably the last two, I do want to mention, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I normally say that in the beginning. Um, hopefully you've gotten through, um, whatever this is, 33 minutes now, um, to listen, you know, I, I'll listen here on Anchor, um, Spotify, Google, Apple. Uh, we have a couple others, but I don't know if even how to look at the analytics on those, but Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and CastBox. Um, we're just, we're just a little bit like 411 listens. Follow my I'm just talking on uh, Instagram. Give me likes, shares, reviews, whatever. Would love some on Apple Podcast. That'd be great. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I like to be, like being a dad means to me. And every guy out there thinks they're a great dad. Um And I think I'm a great dad. The proof is in the pudding. My kids will have to tell you one day. But I remember kind of always wanting to be a dad. And this episode got, I meant to open it with a quote. I'm a big Ultimate Warrior WWE fan. Um, And right before he died, he went into the Hall of Fame. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure he said, you know, he had all these accolades, won the title, he was famous, whatever. And he said, the coolest thing I'll ever do is be your dad. And I really believe that. Like, I, I've i had the greatest time being a dad. You know, I have a very well-rounded daughter. She's a great mom. Um, she's chasing her goals. And 
she was my my laundry buddy, my cheering section. Um, you know, she was my first roommate, kind of, you know. Um, and, you know, we went through a lot of weird shit together in terms of, you know, where we lived, um, things like that. Um, crappy cars. Um, busting her lip on, you know, on a table. Um, you know, just the things that dads go through, but there was a time when it was just me and her and having her helped me mature a little bit. I didn't do some of the, you know, I, I made sure to not do anything stupid, like get a DUI or, you know, get into fights or, you know, do heavy drugs, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, I've tried to be a dedicated father and I think you know, on the, on the, to the detriment, I think I worked a little bit too much to make sure there was food on the table and you miss out on some things. And especially when you're in the restaurant business, but you know, she would come to the restaurants and have Shirley temples or come and eat Chipotle, um, you know, come out to the airport and sit in the coffee shop waiting for me to get off work. And, you know, in those things, you know, then I have my, my boy Yeggs. I was so happy when I, when, when, you know, I had a, a boy now, now, Truth be told, like when Bella, we found out Bella wasn't going to be a boy, it didn't disappoint me at all. I did all the same shit. I probably did more shit with her than I did with him. But like, you know, he played t-ball and it was cool and I was the coach for a minute. You know, uh, he, you know, taking him to the water park as a kid. Um, you know, now he's, and I just thought about this today, now he's, he's almost 17. He's got a nice full beard, believe it or not. He's taller than me. He's a great looking kid. And he's smart. Bella's smart too, but, and he's smart and he's creative and he's quick witted. And, you know, and this isn't even so much about how dedicated of a father I am. I just think that I have, I just love having kids and I love having, I, you know, looking at them and going, yo, like these are, these are, these are my children, you know, I love them more than life itself. Um, I don't know any father that wouldn't, but I would take a bullet for them. I would, I'd literally like hurl myself off of a building if it meant saving them, um, give them the last life vest. Um, now I'm also competitive, so, you know, I'd give them the last life vest, but I won't let them beat me at bowling. So, you know, but I think that teaches them. I hope they've learned something from me. I hope that, you know, when I'm gone, they'll have you know, hopefully 30, 40 years from now, they'll, they'll have really great memories of me. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, I, I've done the things to prepare them for life. I mean, ultimately that's our, our job as, um, parents. I think, I think you raise your daughter a little different in a sense, which is not right, of course, but you know, you want your man, your boy to be a man and you want your woman to be respected by men. So, uh, your girl, your, your daughter to be respected by men. So hopefully both of them have, have learned something from me. If not, and, and they listen to this, I'm sure they'll tell me. And that's fine too. Um, there's time to recover. Um, I love you kids. I, I don't know if either one of you will listen, but, uh, you guys are my entire universe, my, my solar system to the beyond and beyond. Um, I think I only got two guys left. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
And I don't write any of this stuff down. Like this is all this is all always off the cuff. This is like I'm like a freestyle podcaster, so um Pops, Donnie Grimes, a guy who had every reason to not like me. Had well, and I should say Mike Grimes too. Let me let me backtrack. Mike Grimes, my my brother in law. Um and I should have I should have led with him too. Um, me and him were single fathers. Um, he's Bella's uncle, Amy's brother, and um, man, if that guy doesn't let me live with him when his sister kicks me in the nuts, you know, and you know, share his apartment, um, I don't know where I would be. Like I, we shared cars, we shared food, we shared everything, and. He was so dedicated to Adriana that, like, I think maybe subconsciously I knew I had to keep up with that, and I couldn't dis, I couldn't have him, I couldn't have him be dedicated to Adriana and then not be dedicated to Bella. But this guy's like built himself up to where, like, you know, he wanted to do certain things in life. You get a girl pregnant, you have to change your course, and the guy's doing good in life. His daughter's just graduated to become a nurse. She, you know, she takes care of herself. She seems to be in a healthy relationship, um, well-spoken, smart. And that's a testament to him. You know what I mean? Um, he, he, at times too, it was just me and him and the mothers were, they were there. They weren't non-existent, but, you know, we took care of our, our kids too. Like we were there a significant amount of time, even though we weren't together with the mothers. And, um, I don't see him as much as I'd like. I probably don't correspond with him as much as, as we probably should, but, I love you, Mike. Um, you know, for a long time, you were like my buddy, my best friend, and uh, you did a great job with Adriana. So kudos, kudos. Happy Father's Day. So Chief Grimes, um, he's basically like a dad to me. Um, another one of those guys, not very big, bigger than me, a certain sort of carried himself with a sort, certain sort of respect, you know, straight shoulders and and him and, 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 and Pop Luzano, they're, they're both in the military, so maybe that's where it comes from. They teach you to be, you know, debonair, so to speak. You know, these these guys were both good-looking guys and whatever. And Chief Grimes, again, a li- and a cool thing, too, is he's he's, a li- he's Italian, too. So uh, we have this – he had every reason to hate me. You know, I was dating his daughter. I was older than his daughter. Um, and – I don't know what he saw in me. He didn't see the guy that, you know, listened to rap music and wore his pants low and stocking caps. And, you know, I was like Eminem before Eminem was popular. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hang out with always the greatest crowd. Um, I didn't always, uh, you know, be uh, put myself in the best light. You know what I mean? But the guy let me drive his Daytona, Dodge Daytona. That shit was sick. Let me stay at the house. Uh, we watched basketball together. We played video games together. Then we moved to sack and we have the baby. He retires from the military. We would have pizza nights at his house on Fridays. And uh, again, like never treated me poorly. Um, took Tirelessly took care of his kids. Um, and an- another guy that, you know, if you're looking to be a man's man, 
I think you could look up to Mr. You know, to Chief Grimes. I just call him Pops. Um, the kids call him Pops. You know, always makes time to come see his grandkids um, and his great grandson. And uh, he just sort of showed me, you know, that you that you you could be a man. You can still be tough. You can have your sensitive moments. And he still struck fear into my heart. Like, there was plenty of times I, I, I thought that, you know, this guy was going to kill me. And maybe that's because, you know, I, I shouldn't have been dating his daughter. Um, but if he but if he relaxes, if he doesn't relax on me, or he doesn't allow me to, or he doesn't see the good in me, then we don't have Bella. We don't have the little prince. And um, my life changes dramatically if he was the 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 stone-faced, poker-faced, quiet guy that he appeared to be. But I think he knew that, you know, I was a good guy and my intentions were good. And uh, I, that's someone I, even though Amy and I aren't together, like, he'll always be my father-in-law, you know what I mean? Like, I, I love him to death, respect him immensely, and uh, don't think I'd be the father or the man that I am without him being part of my life, especially in those days. Um, and again, like a lot of this is different because I think the mothers, the women in my life gave me a certain love that, that you get from women. Um, and then the guys, they just, they give you different stuff. They give you like, um, maturity, toughness, um, I don't know how to explain it. They just give you shit to make you a man. The good ones. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Um, the next one is my dad. I doubt he'll ever listen to this. Um, and and there'll probably be, and I hope there's another opportunity to find a reason to talk about him. Because... It's different. Like, if you listen to my military episodes, my four-part series there, he left home because of the military when I was nine. So I can I, I have memories probably from five to nine-ish where, like, he'd come home, he'd be in his dress blues because he never wore camouflage when he was a recruiter. He'd be in his dress blues. He'd always come home. He'd unbutton his shirt. He had this weird way of kind of, like, lifting his his dress shirt out of his his dress blue pants and he always had like a tank top on the proverbial quote unquote wife beater um the guinea tank top as they call it um and then he you know back then it was biker shorts nobody wore baggy shorts and stuff and he then he'd put on this you know probably standard issue air force biker shorts and we would anchor our feet um under the couch and we would do sit-ups and push-ups and, and stuff like that. And then I have memories of him going to, like, night school and, like, in the middle of the summer in New York in this courtyard where we were playing bat you know, baseball, whatever, football, soccer. He'd come up and he'd have his little briefcase and he would kick the ball. Um, I always remember, too, like, he's just like me. And, I mean, some people think I look just like him. So he, I'm just like him where, like, we're both very short-statured guys. But he's another guy, short, stocky, always felt like 
he had like these freaking tree trunks for legs. I don't know why I thought that, but like really good soccer player. Um, and, and I really looked up to him. I feel like I adored him. Um, and then, you know, of course he goes away and he didn't go away because he wanted to, he wasn't a deadbeat. He wasn't like a drunken fucking, you know, went on a bender and never came back. He just, he, you know, he went away that the remote assignment with the military. And I think that when our lives got put on pause like that, it was really tough for us to kind of get back into something. Um, you know, at that point there was other things were happening between him and my mother, I'm sure. And, you know, and anytime your parents have some issues, it, it hurts. And I probably sided with my mom for a long time, you know, especially, you know, and, uh, then I got, and then, you know, we reunite and, and it wasn't weird then. Like, I didn't think it was weird, but then it, but then I'm also at the point too, where I'm like, fuck, I'm hot shit. You ain't going to tell me nothing. You know, I got to, I was 13 years old. I thought I was great looking. Actually, I, I still think I'm great looking. You know, I wanted to be a tough guy. I wanted to hang out. I wanted to play sports. Um, he was my first, he was my first soccer. He was my soccer coach. And I probably let that guy down so much because I always had breakaways and I could never score. Um, you know, and uh, it was just like a weird few years in there. Then I got to be like, that was when I was like 13. And then I got to be like 15, 16. And all I really cared about was chasing ass. And by then we didn't, we didn't always kind of talk. My dad wasn't always a talker. Um, he's fucked so much more now. And I, I just feel like we had some times in there where like, it wasn't negative. It just wasn't, it just wasn't. And then, you know, as I started getting older, probably closer to like 18, you know, be responsible. What are you going to do with your life? And, and, and having, you know, discussions that your dad should have with you. And I think that one thing that he did is he, he has good phrases. And the reason why I bring up the other stuff is because there's a gap in there that I think I missed. I, I, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think I missed. And he was giving me like little hints. Like he wanted me to mow the lawn and I fucking hated it. You know what I mean? But I have like real fond memories, man. The guy loved to barbecue. He loved to make tacos. If he made pancakes on a weekend, he was like happy as a clam. You know what I mean? So he was giving me nuggets and I didn't realize it. Then it comes to a point where like, you know, I'm sort of an adult now. You know, I'm getting ready to graduate high school. And, you know, what I'm going to do with my life, you know. Um, and I don't recall him ever really pushing me to go into the Air Force. But, you know, things like that. Um, he told me, and, and I manage this way. So I think some people who ever worked for me probably think I'm, I'm not paying attention to stuff. But take care of the little things. And the big things will take care of themselves. You know, what is that? Take care of your take care of your money and then you know maybe your credit will be good. Or take care of your credit and then you could do, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, take care of 
you know, get your oil changed in your car would be one. Then the car won't break down. You know, he wasn't telling me these things specifically, but if you think about the little things that you do in life that don't lead to like big things, that's a big piece of advice that he gave me. Um, as I got older and I got out on my own, um, he's, he's so much more vocal. He's so much more advice driven. Um, and, and there were times when we went years and years without seeing each other because of different reasons. But, you know, I moved to California and he lived in New York and there were times when I didn't get back to New York for two, three years at a time. So we, we tend to, we don't tend to talk often, often. Uh, my dad is much more open, like with his feelings now than he ever was. And I think the bottom line for for him is he had five freaking kids, man. You know, and we're all starkly different. And one thing that I didn't know until I was like a little teenager, actually I might have been a little bit older, younger than that, but like he named me after his best friend. So my dad immigrates to America he leaves a best friend behind named Marcello. And I, I, I guess the kid, the guy died at some point and he always felt bad maybe that, and I, I don't remember the entire story, but I'm sure he felt bad. He couldn't come back to Italy, you know, so I'm named. So I'm, I guess I didn't think about that, that there was a specialty that maybe there was a different connection that he had or wanted with me or, or had with me because he named me that. And um, I remember we were, I'm visiting New York. This was God, ten years ago, maybe. I had to have been more than that because Brian is. Yeah, it was much longer than that. It had to have been like fifteen years ago. So we were waiting for him in New York City because he met us while he was at lunch, and uh, Brian doesn't know him. Obviously, Brian is Christina's brother, and he's like, "What does he look like?" And Christina pointed to me, and I look at him, and I think. I'm all right. You know, my dad's a good looking man. Like I'm not going to look terrible when I'm an older man. And I appreciate that. Um, it's kind of uncanny that I think it's like, I don't like my dad's always clean shaven. I, I can't remember the last time my dad had facial hair. So if I shaved my beard and I got the same or my goatee and I had the same haircut, like we'd be the spitting image of each other. And I feel bad that there were times when I didn't open up to him and let him give me more advice um, or let him, you know, kind of be himself. And, um, but now that I have kids, now that, you know, he's, I don't want to say old, but I just think we have a really good relationship as I go, got older because I, I, I mean, again, I thought I was a tough guy. Like I didn't want to hear nothing from nobody. And, uh, he was patient. He's a very patient man. And I don't have that. And I appreciate his patience. I appreciate his advice. I appreciate, um, me and him having some heart to hearts about, you know, not this stuff, but some other things and him, uh, and um, 
But before I run out of time, I just, I do want to say that he was my first hero. And, um, I want my kids to be that. I want to be that to my kids too. Like it, it was an, it crushed me when he was gone in those years. And, um, I think now that all the other things that happened in our lives, I think that he tries to make up for that. I mean, I hope anyway. And pop, I don't know if you're not a dad. I don't know if you'll ever, you'll ever listen to this or if somebody listens to this and tells you, but I do love you. I mean, I think there were times too that I was probably shitty and I didn't mean to be, I was just a kid. And even when I was older than a kid, I, I don't think maybe I was as mature as I should have been. And um, I think your advice is really good. And I try really hard to listen to it. Um, you're an extremely smart man. Um, I don't know how come I'm not as smart as you, but I wish I was. I have no problem looking like you because, like I said, I think I'm fantastically good looking. And... Uh, I love the Mets and you love the Mets. Like I love the Giants. You love the Giants. You know, the Azzurri are playing tomorrow and I'm going to drink some more beer and I'm going to watch them. Um, I love you, Pop. And this one was hard for me because I don't know if it came across the way that I wanted it to. But happy Father's Day, Dad, and uh, everybody that I mentioned. I, I love all of you. Um, I take a little bit of each of you when I you know, to be a good man and a good person and a, and a, and a better father. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, and I don't know if anybody will ever hear this because it's very at the very end, but Eminem says in the song, I believe it's the headlight song. He says, I'd flip every rock and desert cactus. No, I'd flip every rock and desert cactus fall. No, how does it go? Yeah, I'd flip every rock and desert cactus, turn over every mattress to follow my kids to the end of the Atlas. I'd have to look it up, but it's something of that nature. So, um, I'd flip over every rock and every desert cactus follow my kids to the end of the atlas or something. I, I'm butchering it now, but basically like people ask me, how come I never moved back to New York is what I'm getting at. And the reality is, is once I had one kid, there was no fucking way on God's green earth. I was leaving that kid. It didn't matter how shitty the mother was to me. It didn't matter if, you know, I, I, I would have, it, it, it was going to work. There was no way. There was no way that, that that I was not going to be in that kid's life. And, you know, and then, of course, like every great American kid, I got two baby mamas. And luckily I have, you know, you know, my current girlfriend is Diego's mom. And she made it very easy. You know, she made it very easy to to see Bella and, make, and help me be involved and, and those sorts of things. So flip every I'd flip every mattress, rock and desert cactus. Follow my kids to the end of the atlas. 
So that's what I would do for my kids. And I think any man worth their salt would do the same. I think any man should do anything within their, anything that's humanly possible. And I, and I think I told Christina this, like when she got pregnant, I'm going to do anything humanly possible to help us get through life, be good and, and make our kid good. Um, and he's doing good. And I, and I'm very proud of my children and hopefully that's a testament to the kind of dad I am. I want to thank you guys for listening. I love doing this shit. I love talking about things that are important to me and things that I love and people that I love. I hope you enjoy listening. Remember to follow me, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple are the main ones. Um, I'm just talking. I'm underscore just talking at Instagram, on Instagram. Um, I don't have YouTube or anything like that. Remember, you guys, respect, unity, and equality. Cello is out. Thank <laughs> you.